Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. From WBEZ Chicago, this is Nerdette. I'm Greta Johnson. We did it. We made it to another weekend. Coming up, we are going to check in with a music critic about a good old heap of music news, including why the heck concert prices are so high these days. The experience of going to a concert should not be so traumatic, you know. Also, what is the song of the summer? My vote is on I'm Just Ken, I gotta say. But first, it's our chance to sit back and unwind from the week that was with two excellent humans. With us this week, we have my colleague, Araceli Gomez-Aldana, who is about to embark on the John S. Knight Journalism Fellowship at Stanford. Araceli, hello. Hey, I'm so happy to be here. Yay, so happy to have you. Also here making her panel debut is Tracy Thomas. She's the host of the excellent book podcast, The Stacks. Tracy, hello. I am so excited to make my panelist debut. Oh, good. Okay, so Araceli, I mentioned that you are starting this fellowship. This was also the first week of school here in Chicago at the public schools. It is also literally 100 degrees today here in Chicago, which doesn't exactly (laughs) have back to school vibes. Um, now, Tracy, I know you have two little kids, but they're not. Are they doing like pre-K or anything this year? Or are they? They're in preschool, but okay. their preschool is trying to ruin my life. So they get <laughs> out of preschool in the middle of July. So they don't go back to the middle of September, which oh my is childcare hell because all oh. the camps have ended. Of course. So I have these two and a half weeks of just pretending like... I don't have a job and my kids shouldn't be somewhere else oh with my someone gosh. else. Well, I have to say mid-September at least feels like more like actual back to school vibes than what sure. we're working True. with right now. You know, That's like, true. I don't know. The thing I keep thinking about is I admittedly have said this a number of times on the show now, like I'm not a hella summer person, especially when like temperatures are actually hellish. <laughs> and so I'm like trying to fit in. It's like, I don't have kids going to school. I'm not going back to school, but it's like, how can I, I think I need to just like buy a bunch of pens and notebooks just to lean into it. But it's not fall. Fall does not actually start till the end of September. I feel like people are <laughs> trying to shorten summer and Greta, this will not surprise you or maybe your listeners, but I love <laughs> summer because I love everything you don't like. Yeah, because uh, we are opposite. <laughs> we are opposite twins. I'm I'm with Tracy. I love summer and I get yes. really upset when people cut it short and also when they start it early because I'm like it's not it's not summer yet. Like you everyone's like the official start of summer. It's not. You have to wait till like the 20 something of June for it to be summer. Yeah. So Yeah. I'm I'm a stickler for that stuff and I love summer. So I respect it. it. I respect (laughs) it. Okay, so one story that we loved from this week is about how Zoomers are collecting CDs. Zoomers, of course, being the generation younger than millennials. This is so funny. This story opens with a 23 year old who literally does not have a CD player, but does have almost every single album that Taylor Swift has ever released. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I think about it like I don't have a disc drive these days. Is either of you actually listening to CDs anymore? No. No. 
<laughs> Who is? Also, why are they trying to steal everything from us? Okay, know, the fashion right? is back, and now they want CDs. It's like, come on, yeah, get, get your, your own, own personality. <laughs> yes, get over us. You guys please. are so smart and original. Well, why don't you come up with something? Okay, oh why don't you invent That's something so new and funny. fun? So, does either of you have any like particular like what are your CD collections like in your childhood bedrooms these days? <laughs> I actually have my CDs at my house, my adult home that at I live in home? now. Do I do because I had one of those. Do you remember those CD booklets where it was like of for course. the car? So I of had a, a four by like a four page one, you know, or yep. four disc page, big yeah. boy leather, yeah. very fancy, <laughs> and I still just have that laying around. So it's like in uh, sync is in there. The first two CDs I ever bought were. <laughs> Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill, and Chuck Berry's Greatest Hits. So those are there. (laughs) Range, people, range. But also so many mixed CDs. I have so many mixed CDs. That's so That's what I was going to say. I was like kind of like, I didn't have too many CDs. Like there was like MP3 players and iPods and stuff. So like Mm -hmm. once I realized I didn't have to buy one CD for one song, I was like never looking back. But I loved mixed CDs because I remember there was like, you know, summer of 2005 part one, you know, and then you would have like the second part of the summer. Mm -hmm. You could add more songs to it. So, yeah, I was totally into that. I think what I liked about this um, piece, though, was they were saying how buying a CD gives the artist like as much money as streaming hundreds of their songs. Mm. So I sort of liked that aspect of it of like, yeah, if you really are a super fan of someone like, I don't know, Taylor Swift or whatever, that by buying the CD, you're supporting her extra. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. It was wild too. They talk about, you know, just how much the industry has shifted. And as of 2022, CDs took up like 3% of music industry mm-hmm. profits, which pretty much completely swapped from 20 years before when it was 96%. Like that's so wild to think about. Yeah. That's such a small market now. Again, cause nobody has anywhere to play these yep. CDs anymore. Yep. Okay, so we also have to talk about the Loch Ness Monster because yeah. NPR has a great story this week about how scientists are putting in like the bigot, biggest effort in 50 years to find the Loch Ness Monster. Tracy. This is the stupidest thing to me. I'm so sorry to be like that person who has no joy no, in their life. But honestly, so, no, how much like, is this costing? Like, couldn't you put this yeah. money towards actual animals that need funds mm. or like mm. actual climate change or something? Like, this is such a ridiculous thing. Also, Tracy, what if it is a real animal? Do you think that the Loch Ness Monster is still alive? They said the first sighting was in 1933. Mm. Is it a, is she a sea turtle? Is she just 150 years old? Like, she I just, this whole thing is so silly to me they could be like a parrot and a sea turtle so you're a believer forever you're a believer (laughs) you're a believer i knew i was was gonna be a believer i'm so thrilled by this i'm literally like i will read a news story and talk to a person that is super involved and i'm like yes i'm i'm in i believe it like where's the first meeting i will attend (laughs) like i really i will and then the next story could be like debunking it and i'd be like oh okay yeah didn't didn't see that one coming (laughs) so I don't know. I just want to know what the first people who allegedly saw the Loch Ness Monster really saw. Like, was it just Mm. like a seal? Like, what were you actually seeing? Was it just a person (sighs) and it was dark out? I just, I'm so out on the Loch Ness Monster. It always looked like a, like an elephant to me. I don't know. But then again, why would an elephant be there? 
So I don't know. Well, and like <laughs> as per the story, the Loch Ness Center says there have been more than 1140 official Nessie sightings. See, Tracy, what do you say about that? Uh, what is an official sighting? <laughs> I need more information. It means that you wrote it down that someone said they saw a thing that probably yeah, doesn't yeah. exist. I mean, the lake's yeah, not that that's a good big. Question. I feel like if it was the Loch Ness monster lived in, in the, the Marianas Trench or something, mm. I'd be like, yeah, there could be something in there we're There's not familiar with. There's all kinds of stuff with. in there. Yeah. But like, what if they do the combing of this, like they have drones they have all these scientists they have all these people what if they do all of this they find nothing are we done with the Loch Ness monster are we going to still have to do this for the rest of our lives I'm if I'm okay with it if they actually say at the end we didn't find it it. we're calling it never happened it's a myth or if they say at the end we found it here it is it is a actual elephant Sally was right (laughs) (laughs) you know now I'm with Tracy I'm such a flip-flopper you know I'm like you know (laughs) (laughs) well Tracy Araceli thank you both very much for coming on this was actually too much fun thank you thanks for having me in just a minute we are going to unpack some of the summer's biggest stories in music Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. If it kind of feels to you like everyone is on tour this summer, you are not completely off base. This is probably the first summer since the pandemic that big stadium shows like Taylor Swift or Beyonce have been able to happen without becoming health hazards. So everyone is out there. And if you also are feeling like concert tickets are extremely expensive, you are correct about that as well. Here to talk to us about that and some other music news is Joey Guerra. He is the music critic for the Houston Chronicle. I want to start with the big tours, partly because people are spending money on these shows. Like I have friends who are traveling thousands of miles to see shows this year. I mean, it sounds awesome, but it also makes me kind of nervous to think about how much people are spending on this stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're like mortgaging homes and taking out loans and and I, it's like car payments. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's probably not even an exaggeration to say that, honestly. I I get it, okay? <laughs> I mean, for sure. As, for sure. As someone who has traveled to see their favorite artists in the past Same. and, you know, Same. stood in line for hours when you actually had to go stand in line to buy tickets. And it is crazy, though, and concerning the prices that you're having to pay at this point for these tickets because places like, you know, Live Nation and Ticketmaster make it impossible for like the real fans to get tickets. Yes. And it's one thing for someone like Beyonce, who is obviously, you know, or Taylor Swift or Madonna. It's like, these are huge names. They're, they're super successful. They've been on the, in the game for a really long time. But I mean, something that I'm seeing is even smaller acts, you know, I mean, like 
I'm paying over a hundred bucks to see Modest Mouse in a couple of weeks, yeah. which is just like, what? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I mean, the it's, and you're, you're not even taking into account things like transportation and, you know, the merch when you're going to get there, which to me, that is also one of the big things. The prices of t-shirts and merchandise <laughs> is insane to me. Um, I just, gosh, it scares me sometimes when I walk up to the merch stand and I'm like, okay, how much is this going to be? Yeah, it's just, it's, and I think your point is really the big one, which is like, you know, you think about the people who are really big fans, but just literally can't afford this stuff. And that's devastating. The experience of going to a concert should not be so traumatic, you know? (laughs) And, and just to be clear, like we're not making this up, right? Like no. concert ticket prices in general are much higher than they used to be, right? Oh, absolutely. They're, they're so much higher. But then when you add on top of them, the processing and service fees that sometimes make these tickets almost double the price, double the price. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. So, I mean, is there, I mean, there's not anything, there's not like a light at the end of this tunnel either, is there? This is just what it is now? Unfortunately, no. I mean, we constantly hear, oh, we're going to work on a way to get rid of scalpers. We're going to work on a way to get these tickets to more people. But in, you know, from where I, from where I'm sitting, nothing has changed substantially. It's just gotten worse. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So another story I wanted to ask you about, which we haven't talked about on Nerdette, but which is fascinating is about Lizzo. Mm -hmm. And the lawsuits that were filed against her um, by a couple of former dancers. Um, this seems very messy. This, these are allegations of sexual, religious, and racial harassment, disability discrimination, assault, false imprisonment. I mean, this is rough. Lizzo is denying everything. I am so disappointed that I think I haven't read a whole lot about it. What's, what's the latest? When you say you're disappointed, I think that's, I mean, that's the way I feel. I think that's the way so many people feel because we feel so personally connected to Lizzo in a lot of ways because of Mm -hmm. what she stands for. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, she hasn't said much other than the initial denial of everything. The dancers went on, I don't know if you saw this, the dancers went on TMZ and did an interview they didn't do themselves any favors with that. I cannot believe Mm-mm. that their lawyer who was there with them allowed them to do that um, because it really kind of poked holes in a lot of what they were saying. I don't know what's going to happen. I feel like of all the people for this to happen to, that kind of feels like one of the ones that hurts the most. Um, I think so too, for a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because of what she stands for, you know, because of, what she's been able to accomplish as a woman of color, as a woman that isn't, you know, 90 pounds, you know, and even, even for me as a woman who's from Houston, you know, who's, who grew up in Houston and has proudly represented Houston for so many years. I mean, it feels like this happening to one of your friends. It really does. Mm -hmm. Well, and it seems too like, was it just last year where she had released that song that had an ableist slur in it and people called her out and she changed the lyrics, you know? And I thought it was such a wonderful and like gracious, graceful example of accountability, you know? And like, oh, yep, you're right. I hadn't thought of it. I didn't know my bad, you know? And so it's interesting reflecting on that too. And just like, man, this, it's just a bummer. Yeah, it really is, because that was really a perfect example, like you said, of how to handle something like that. And 
Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what the truth is in this. I don't know that we'll ever actually get the whole real right. truth because, you know, everyone has their experience and everyone has their own take on what happened, you know, that was involved. But I just, I don't know. I think it's going to be something that stays with her for a long time. Even when this is all yeah. said and done, it's going to be in people's yeah. minds, you know, for a long time when they think of her. Yeah. How much do you think it has to do with just that idea of like, you know, absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. That's the other thing I keep thinking about is just that when, you know, and I mean, here we are talking about it too, right? It's so easy. We love to put someone on a pedestal yeah. and, and then we love to watch them fall. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. It's, yeah, we love to watch the the car wreck, the carnival, the sideshow. I mean, it's just sad to to see this happening. So I feel like we just talked about a bunch of bummers. I would love to know <laughs> about like a story or an album that you're really excited about that hasn't come out yet this year, but that's kind of maybe coming out soon this fall or something. Oh, that hasn't come out yet. Um, or that's already out. You could do something that's already out that you're really excited about. That's fair. <laughs> Then people can actually listen to it right now, which is fun. Actually, there's two that I can think of. I've been a huge Kylie Minogue fan since the start of her career. (laughs) Since the start of her career. I'm so glad you pronounced it with two syllables. That was really great. (laughs) She's never really, you know, gotten a firm footing in the U.S. Um, You know, she's had a few hits here and there. She has an album coming out in September called Tension. Um which I'm really looking forward to. She had the song, of course, mm. uh, Param Param, which should have been a huge hit in the U.S., but, you know, we won't get into that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I'm super excited because I'm a big fan of just like kind of high energy dance pop music. And to me, she's like the best at that. Of course, I think everybody's curious to hear Dolly Parton's rock album. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yes, I am. You're right. Yeah. I mean, just, just to, just to hear her voice on some of those songs, I think is going to be fun. Um, Nicki Minaj has Pink Friday 2 coming out, um, Mm. which I think, you know, is, that was my favorite album of hers, her best Pink Friday. So I'm curious to see what this sounds like. There's so much stuff, but a lot of what I've been listening to lately is, uh, regional Mexican. Oh, cool. Um, Yeah. Because that's kind of, resurged lately with people like Peso Pluma and, you know, Bad Bunny and Grupo Frontera doing that song. It takes me back to my childhood, to growing up. I mean, that's the music I listened Mm. to growing up, be it, you know, because of my dad or going to weddings or going to aunts and uncles houses or you know family get-togethers that's exactly the type of music that I would always hear that is really cool and I love to just the idea of like you know I could picture you as a kid being like oh dad are we still listening to more of this and like here it is now and it's have this huge research and you know like that's really cool yeah <laughs> it really is it's 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 amazing yeah Joey, thank you so much for coming on. It was really a pleasure to chat with you again. Yes, as always. So, so much fun to talk to you.
As we established, whether we like it or not, summer is extremely not over yet. It is still steaming hot out. Literally, I went outside today and my sunglasses fogged up. It was very disturbing, but I know that I find solace in some of the great music that is out this summer, and I imagine you do too. So we are going to spend a minute to appreciate some of the songs of the summer that are helping get us through this heat. Even like embracing the humidity and like, we're just going to dance this all out. I've got a really good like feel good, carefree kind of vibe coming in from all the music we've been getting so far this year. That is Kristen Curtis. She's the host of WXPN's morning show in Philadelphia, and she brought us some songs that you may not have heard of yet. We're going to start with Genesis Owusu. Yeah, he is an Australian rapper who is just now releasing his second album. He is a huge deal down under, and I just want Americans to wake up and realize (laughs) the incredible genius that is this man. Um, If you ever get the chance to see him live, I recommend that you take it. I had the pleasure of seeing him earlier this year. He rode in on the shoulders of his backup dancer slash vocalist slash hypeman. Wow. And yeah, I was like, oh, no. He's going to fall. I thought he was on stilts until I saw what was happening. And then they just exploded with this energy. His lyrics are funny and poignant and pack a punch. And he talks a lot about mental health in his lyrics. He's very uplifting. Oh my gosh, Kristen, it's so much fun. I was so hoping that you would get that fun feeling from it. I, I'm i jazzed. I loved his first album and Struggler, his second album, is uh, no disappointment following up that record. Amazing. Okay, so what's next? Let's talk about Hannah Jadagu. She is early 20s. I think she refers to the music that she makes as bedroom pop, uh, which I, right, I feel like that is just a a catch-all phrase for folks who are lucky enough to be born in an era where they can have easy access to affordable recording equipment and experiment in their bedrooms, which is so cool. That's Um, amazing. Right. She is signed to Sub Pop Records, and then she graduated from NYU. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, she's, there's a really, um, wide range of dynamics. Some songs are softer on this uh, this debut album that she just released, but some of them are a little harder, like the one that I chose for you. This one is What You Did. I love this one so much. I love just all those layers of sound, but still kind of the chill beat. Like it's so much, it's like perfect for this time of year, I think. Yes. That one's a fist pumper too. You know, Uh like I just feel so energized by that song. (laughs) That's so much fun. Okay. So tell us about Say Shishi. I love even just the name of that band. (laughs) Which is a reference to the band Chic. Say Chic. Oh, cool. Yes. So they're kind of wearing their influences on their sleeve there. So there's a really cool story behind this band. It is actually two bands merged into one. The four guys have been in a funk band together for decades. They're in a group called Orgone. Now, the three women who front 
front the band, Nia Gazelle Brown, Pia Malik, and Sabrina Maleo Cunningham. All I think they might have met in college, but they got signed to the label uh, Karma Chief Records, which is a division of coal mine that the guys had been signed to for a really long time. And then the head of the label was like, I think that you three need to work with you four. Mm. And as they've told me, they just write songs to make each other feel good. They don't. Right. And it's contagious. It's that's perfect. They're not going in there with some calculated idea of a goal. They're like, no, we just want to jam and have fun with each other. And what comes from that and their unique blending of sounds is this ethereal operatic disco, which is another artist that I will say you have to see live. It will literally blow you away. Okay, I am literally Googling Chicago tour dates right now for these guys. That is so good. I don't know. I think there's also like that idea of just making stuff to make each other happy. Like there's such a creative purity to that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, that's kind of what the genesis of music is, is sitting around Mm. and jamming with your friends and bonding with each other. And now it's all coming out in a collection. Their debut album, Prism, will be out in October. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Okay, so before we let you go. Is there any other track that you would love to just shout out for folks to make sure that they take a listen to it this summer? Oh, there's so much more. But if I had to pick just one more, I would say that it's been so good to have Janelle Monet off our screens and back in our ears again. Mm. It's been five years since the last record from Janelle, Dirty Computer. And the Age of Pleasure is classically informed, modern answer to the dismantling of women's rights and oppression mm. of the LGBT community that we're seeing right now. Uh, and in particular, Only Have Eyes for Two, which references the 1959 Flamingos, I Only Have Eyes for You, and samples mm. the 1967 Jamaican jam by Derek Harriet called The Loser, uh, just all adds up to this cheeky, liberated, carefree joy that I think is giving a lot of people life right now. Amazing. Okay, well, maybe we'll play you out on that one. Kristen, thank you so much for coming on. This is such a treat. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for having me back. Bye. That was Kristen Curtis from WXPN in Philadelphia. We also asked you, our listeners, plus some friends of the show, for the songs of their and your summers. So let's keep this playlist rolling. First up is Nerdat listener April. My song of the summer is I'm Just Ken from the Barbie movie because it is perfection. Everything about that movie was perfection. I was not expecting to be so moved and so seen as a woman. So thank you, Greta Gerwig. So my song of the summer is Moonlight by Kali Uchis, and it's so cool, and it's chill, and I had a chill summer. I didn't go out a lot. I said no to a lot of plans. Oh, 
I think it would be Kylie Minogue's song, Padam Padam, because it, to me, that's, it's like such a summer song. You know, it's not really about anything, but it's so catchy. I can't tell you how many times I've been in the pool and just kind of let that song play and been like, wow, this is perfect. <laughs> Hi, Nerdette. My name is Kim, and my song of the summer is Decepticon by La Tigra. I know it's not new music, but the band recently went on tour for the first time in nearly 20 years, and I got to take my 16-year-old to a show. Sharing my music with them was incredible, and their songs hold so much power more than 20 years later. Decepticon's so catchy, and we both turn it up whenever it comes on the playlist. It's been on repeat all summer. This is Nerdette producer Anna Bauman, and my song of the summer is Shy Boy by Carly Rae Jepsen. I went on a road trip this summer, and every time I was behind the wheel, this is the song I needed to hear. It just has really good energy, and you can sing along with the wind in your hair. There's this other song that I also have been loving this summer called Lala by Mike Towers that is just like very vibey. It's in Spanish. I do not speak Spanish, but I love the song like I know what he's saying. I feel the vibes is what I'm feeling. And to me, that's like key for song of the summer. You got to be able to like body roll. You got to be able to vibe out. It's got to feel like a summer moment. Like you're just on a huge lake in Scotland looking for the Loch Ness Monsters with your girlies. You are Loch Ness Monster Barbie. And that's what it needs to be. (laughs) all right that's it for this week thanks as always for listening along we received even more song recommendations from you on instagram so anna our producer made a little playlist for you it has all the songs from the episode in it and more You can find a link to it in our show notes. Also, I can't believe it, but this coming Tuesday is the last Tuesday of August, which means we are going to have a book club discussion. I am super excited for you to hear this one. It is never too late to start reading the book. Our August pick, of course, is Andrew Leland's The Country of the Blind. And in September, we are reading Angie Kim's phenomenal novel, Happiness Falls, which is out this Tuesday as well. So get on that now, too. Nerdite is produced by me and Anna Bauman at WBEZ in Chicago and is part of the NPR Network. And our executive producer is Brendan Vanisak. We will see you on Tuesday. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max 
and listen to the Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.